Thanks to Roan for supporting the Productivity Show. Roan is a performance lifestyle brand with premium activewear clothes that are engineered and designed for men. For 20% off your first purchase, visit roan.com slash TPS and enter promo code TPS during checkout. We'd also like to thank Gusto for supporting the Productivity Show. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll to benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PCMag. Get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com forward slash TPS. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get the important things done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. So you're feeling fairly productive, and then wham, a life change happens. It could be any number of things, but in today's episode, we're going to talk about one specific topic, being productive during illness or recovery. I'm joined by Jennifer Lava and James Lott Jr., two professional organizers and productivity consultants who have unique experience in this area, which you'll hear all about. Let's just say they know exactly what they're talking about. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 256. And now on with the show. All right, welcome to the Productivity Show and welcome to my two amazing guests, uh, Jennifer Lava and uh, James Lott Jr. How are you both? Very good. I'm doing great. How are you? I am excellent. This is my first time recording with two guests, so it's it's double excellent, so that's great. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about how to be productive or whatever productive means to you during illness and recovery. But before we get into that super important topic, what we usually do on the Productivity Show is we have three quick resources that people can implement and take with them right away. So since the three of us are here, I thought it would be fun if we do a resource each from the three of us. So I'll start with number one. Number one is kind of funny. A while ago, we talked about in Tan's resource, he talked about a clip that he uses to hold his headphones. And it's mainly made for women's purses, but he uses it for headphones. So our podcast editor, Milo, one up Tan and wrote me and he says, and he's a podcast editor, so he should know these things. He wrote me what he uses is like a $2 banana holder that he got from Daiso, which is a Japanese store. But you, yeah, but you can use it. We have it here in Vancouver too, but you can use any banana holder, I guess. So that's what he uses for headphones. So I have a link to a banana holder in the show notes, but I'm sure any banana holder will do. So Jennifer, how about you? What's your productivity resource? I picked the Rocket Book partially because it's here on my desk and I've been using it a lot lately. It's one of the newer things I've gotten, and I'm really finding how useful it is. I've taken some webinars lately, and it just integrates so well with Evernote to be able to keep track of everything I'm learning, or it's really good because I like being able to write my notes by hand, and then I, but I like the digital part of keeping track of things, so it melds both of my desires together in one place. Nice. All right, James, how about you? What do you have for us? First of all, side note, my first time I went to a Daiso was in Vancouver. That was the first nice. time I ever went to a Daiso. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love this store. We have them in LA too. That's a little side note. Nice. I picked a philosophy products because first of all, people ask me why my skin's so soft. 
I love their products. They're not tested on animals. They have all kinds of scents. I, I say flavors, but they're scents, different kinds of things. I love the Ice Cream Man one. They're really fun products. But also when I'm organizing, since I'm washing my hands a lot or I'm here and there moving stuff around, it's good to have their lotions, especially for your hands and for your legs and for your arms. and keeps you moisturized as you're working. Nice. So the bana- a banana holder for headphones, Rocketbook, and philosophy products. So that's fantastic. All right. So let's get into it. So today's topic is you're going along, you're being productive, you have your systems down, whatever being productive means for you. And then some sort of life change happens. It could be a job change, could be a family situation change, or specifically what we're going to talk about today, which is an illness of some sort hits. You're not feeling as well as you were and you feel like you aren't able to do what you could before. And so the question is, and what we we get asked this a lot, which is why uh, I wanted to talk about this today, is how can you stay productive or even how does your definition of the word productive need to change when you have some sort of illness or you're in some sort of recovery, maybe it's an injury or something like that. And this is kind of a follow-on to what we talked about last week. Last week in TPS 255, we talked about how to get back on track when your productivity has slipped in some way. But I really wanted to dive down deep into this issue of illness, recovery today, because this is a, a big issue for many people in our community, I know for sure. And I wanted to have some people on who I knew knew a lot about this topic. So that's why Jennifer and James, I... And, immediately thought of both of you because I know you both have had a lot to say on this topic in the past. So I know I've already done the quick version of your bio, but it's always best to hear from you. So before we get into the topic, maybe you could talk a little bit about both of you. Jennifer, we'll start with you, like who you are, what you do, how you help people and that sort of thing. Oh, thank you. So I'm Jennifer Lava and I'm a professional organizer and productivity consultant here in Austin, Texas. And I especially like working with creative people. I work with a lot of folks who are a little more right brain than left and folks with ADD and ADHD and a lot of regular folks too. But those are the, my, that's my niche population. And, oh, I've been doing it. I am coming up on my, I think, 13th anniversary in business. Wow. Um, Or I've lost track by now, but yes, a a long time. (laughs) in business. And what makes me uniquely qualified to talk about this topic is that actually as of a few days from now, I will be quote celebrating, marking the fourth anniversary of coming down with a headache that won't go away. So this is my anniversary week, I guess. And I have done everything in my power to try to do something about it. And it's, it's just not going away. I've had had headaches for years since I was a child, in fact, but this one's really different and it's lasting an extra long amount of time. Yeah. And the amazing thing, uh, amazing to me anyway, about that is, you know, you're still working with clients. I still see you at conferences, always chat there. So yeah, you're definitely uh, somebody who I I thought of right away that I want to, I want to talk to you about this topic. So how about you, James? Maybe tell us like who you are, what you do, that sort of thing. Yes, Jennifer is amazing. So she's like, you know, just an inspiration. I am James Lott Jr. And I have two companies. I have the Super Organizer LLC, which is my professional organizing certified life coaching arm of my, my one business, doing it for 10 years, been a life coach for five. And my other business is GLJ Media, which is I am an entertainment person. I do books, music, 
TV, radio, thousands of hours of television, and I'm producer, content creator. So what I'm doing now in my 10th year of kind of doing both of these things, I'm merging them together, so to speak, and I'm doing a lot more trainings, organizing trainings, life coaching trainings, media trainings, media trainings to organizers, organizing trainings to media people, <laughs> crossing it both ways. I'm writing a play on organizing, actually, that I want to get produced within the next year or so on an organizing session. I have songs about organizing. <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, organizing is my main thing. That's something that I that, that's my my love, my life. And I work with all kinds of people at this point. I call myself the beginner, the connector. I'm all about helping people begin something. Most people do not know how to start, so that's kind of what I teach. I teach people how to start blank or start blank in those various businesses. That's what I do. Yeah, James is quite the follow on social media. He'll be posting about an <laughs> organizer interview he's doing. And all of a sudden, he's in a studio recording a song, and then he's on TV. And yes. uh, yeah, it's a. Well, I just want to say, just because we're on here, we're all on here together. I just had a third president of NAPO on my show, Susie Heyman, who's coming in as president. And she's my, was my last interview. So check that out, folks. The organizer show, which nice. the organizer show has been on for, we just celebrated four years last week. Doing nice. that show. I'm Congratulations. The, thank you. It's been a very, very, very interesting thing to do to start. And I'm just I just want to I just want to bring more attention, especially on this organizing section, to our business that we're we're a wide, varied industry. And then my illness, as we as she mentioned hers, actually next month it'll be a year I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy. And I decided to, as as you were alluding to online, because I'm the public eye, I decided to document my journey this whole time. And I have videos and blog posts about my journey along the way. Ironically, my Bell's policy has been acting up the last couple of days. Don't know why all of a sudden it's acting up, but it comes and goes. My face was paralyzed for about six months, but it's I'm not it's not paralyzed anymore, but I have nerve stuff that happens still, and we'll talk about that, but that's why I'm qualified to talk about this stuff, because I know what it feels like to push through that. Right. And we'll have links to all this stuff that we're talking about, Jennifer and James's businesses, James's podcast, all that sort of thing in the show notes. So the productivityshow.com forward slash 256. There'll be links to all that. And James mentioned it. And I guess I should have mentioned this earlier. James mentioned NAPO, which is the National Association of Productivity and organization is that okay <laughs> it just it changed, changed. Name, so you got yeah it, you it got just it. changed so that's why i was a little hesitant yeah. but all three of us are members so i yes. probably should have known that a little better than i did when i just said it but i got it right so that's good <laughs> all right let's get into the topic then so what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about four ways to be productive you know whatever that means to you during illness and recovery but before we do that i, I was thinking there must be things that people misconceptions or things that everybody gets wrong when they talk about being productive during illness. People always say, oh, I'm not as productive as I used to be, or I want to be able to get everything done. So I thought I'd ask you both, uh, I'll, I'll start with you, James, like what, what do people get wrong when they talk about being productive during illness and recovery? Number one, people judge themselves very harshly. And I think you have to change your mindset to what, what being productive is. For example, if you wake up, that's productive to me when you're going through an illness. If you got out of bed, that's productive. So what you call productive before, before illness, pre-illness, of course it's going to change. It's not going to be the same rate, same strength, 
same amount as it was before. And I think people just judge themselves too harshly and, and say, well, I'm not as productive. Right? And I, no, you're, you are as productive, but just in a different way. You have to kind of modify what that meaning is. And I think that's one of the main problems that people really just, when you're sick, you're sick or you're going through something or you're physically going through something or mentally going through something, you can't do the same pacing as you did pre-illness. You just can't. So it's just, I think people need to give themselves, forgive themselves a little more and kind of let up on themselves a little more and really look at what they can do and celebrate that. They can actually, like, well, I woke up today and I, I wrote, two, I wrote two pages of a story. Well, that's good. Yeah, you would have wrote 10 pages beforehand. But if you have something that's going on with you, if it's a hand injury or a brain injury, whatever, and you, couldn't, you can't really fully do 10 pages, two pages is good enough. Perfect. Jennifer, do you have any thoughts on things that that people get wrong about being productive? It's hard to beat what James said. I do (laughs) agree with them. It's a lot of this stuff really is about the mindset shifting to the, you know, not thinking so much about the before and thinking about the after. In my case, it's also thinking about this is this is maybe permanent. So what's the going forward for the rest of my life look like? you know, chronic pain is something that very few people, you know, if you start having chronic pain, it's chronic, it just doesn't disappear. So how do you shift to accepting your situation and then allowing for yourself to be able to make those adjustments like James was talking about, like, and even a day to day thing. So, you know, say you wake up this morning and you're having a bad day and getting up and brushing your teeth and putting on some clothes is the best you're going to achieve, then great. Tomorrow you wake up and you're actually feeling pretty good relative to your pain or your illness and you can actually get a little bit more done, you know, get dressed and go out of the house and do something. I had a day like that on Thursday. It took me over two hours to get dressed and then I really couldn't do anything else the rest of the day. I just was feeling so poorly that nothing else really happened. I think I maybe sat down at my computer for a few minutes and did one little thing, but that was how my day went. And that's, I just have to be okay with it. I, you know, with, with Jennifer, I'm picking back up for Jennifer. I say yesterday, I said my bones probably started acting up again, which means the side of my face where I was paralyzed, sometimes the nerve endings just act up. And what meaning acting up means I was getting twitching, soreness. My ear was starting to hurt a little bit. And so in the middle of my day, I had to stop everything I was doing and tend to that. And so and when she says about chronic pain and, and not know if something be permanent, but Bill's palsy, some people get it for two weeks, they're done. Some get it for five, six years. The thing is, you don't know when you'll get through it. If you do, you have no idea. Fish paralysis is a very unique thing to each person. So for me, I had to get very present. I had to get very present in my life and say, okay, James, you got to deal moment to moment, sometimes second to second with what's going on. And so I agree with Jennifer. There's times when I have a great morning, bad afternoon. I have a bad morning, great afternoon. Monday's great. Tuesday isn't. You know, I have to learn how to work with that. So it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like it's, like you said, it's a total mindset shift. So that day you were talking about, Jennifer, you don't want to think of it like, oh man, I could only... I wasn't feeling well. I could only do that one thing that day. Like, oh, this day wasn't great. It's it's a mindset shift of, okay, I had this day, but I was able to do that one thing and I got that critical thing done, whatever, or maybe not so critical, whatever. So it's thinking about 
like, yeah, I was able to do that today instead of, oh, I wasn't able to do all these other things. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So let's get into the four ways to be productive. So we want to talk about what are some things that you can do when you are in this situation to still move forward in whatever way that means for you. And we'll start with the number one tip. We'll start with you, Jennifer. Like what's, what's one tip that you have that people can, can actually do and implement? I think that, you know, hopefully you've already got some of your productivity tools in place. And I have found that those are all the more important to me now. Like I've been using a calendar for years. I'm, I like to use a digital calendar and it's so much more important now because not only do I have to mark down doctor's appointments and stuff like that, physical therapy or chiropractor, all the different, those kind of appointments, but the chronic pain makes my brain cloudy. And so by having all that information in my calendar, I, I have an easier time getting to places because, of course, I put in the address of where I'm going. So then I use the app on my phone to help me with the map to get through traffic. Or if the doctor asks me, when did you do X, Y, or Z, uh, I can't, maybe can't remember, so I go look on my calendar. Other technology tools that I find really useful, like I can't always go grocery shopping like I want to. I can maybe go get something, but spending the amount of time in the grocery store that I would normally do isn't possible. So using Instacart or some kind of delivery service like that has become part of my routine. You know, sometimes I need it and sometimes I don't, but those kind of things out there, I use Evernote to keep track of a lot of my medical information. So when the doctor asks me, have you tried this medicine? Well, since my list of medicines I've tried is something like, I don't know now, 20 or 25 different medications, that is no way I'm going to remember that. So I just pull out my phone and look at Evernote and my list of medications are there. My list of procedures are there. And, you know, these are tools I've been using before I got sick, but oh my gosh, I'm really using them now. And it, it really makes the biggest difference for, for making those things easier for me. Yeah. And if you, if you think that something like having those groceries delivered, Instacart, that sort of thing, if you think that would be something that would help you, we talked a lot about this topic in the productivity show TPS 241. So we'll have a link to the episode in the show notes. So definitely go check some of those life automation tools out that you can put into, into place. James, have you found that that's helpful too, relying on, on the productivity tools that you already have in place? Oh, uh, Yes. I am. Well, see, I'm the I'm the opposite of her. I'm a hand organ. I'm a organ. I'm actually here. And like, you guys see me. I have my planner. I actually use an actual book. I'm a visual person, and also when I and also someone sort of challenged me to write stuff down. Sometimes I want to write it down. So for me, I have this already in place. I have these completely. I use my book, and everything is in there. It's like my life is totally in there. So I like having that already in play, already have it's already I know how to read it, I know what to do, I have a system going. I'm very routine oriented person. So I like having I have routines in place. That even when I was sick, I was able to still kind of go through some of them and they kind of helped me. But I, I agree. I, I had to use Instacart. I had to use Postmates and DoorDash and all these little services for food because I couldn't go to the store myself. Or there's certain things I couldn't get because I, I I don't I live with my brother, but I, he's in another part of the house and I there's times I just needed help. And those things really came in place, you know, and knowing that Amazon was at my fingertips and other things that I mean, it was great, you know, that I had some bills, they're already set up, we paid, so I had to worry about that. So that was kind of good. 
they have that in place. So yeah, I mean, I had some systems in place that were just, they were good for me that were kind of there. And the main thing for me, speaking of, you know, productivity, since, you know, we all work for ourselves, I was a little worried about, I can't make any money. I can't, for me, I couldn't talk. I was trapped in my body. So I literally could not talk. I couldn't think clearly. I couldn't do anything. But luckily I had a mentor here in Hollywood tell me, you should have a business that makes money for you while you sleep. And what that means is that I have sources and streams of income that are coming in even when I'm not working, like actual working. So the, I remember the first day I got diagnosed and my face is in the middle of getting more paralyzed with Bell's palsy. And the first of all, thanks for letting me talk about this because this is something I want everybody, and this is my new crusade. You can, your, face starts, your face starts to droop, but it can take up to 48 hours for it to fully go paralyzed. So in the middle of it, I'm having this happen and it's saying, don't stress out. <laughs> At the same time, I'm making money. I had to cancel a TV show that day. I had to cancel a radio appearance that afternoon. I mean, I had to cancel stuff that I would normally make money from. And luckily, I had things like I have ad space paid for for the month. So that paid for some of the bills, for some of my shows. I had my books. My books were selling. And so I got some royalty checks. So I had a few things in place that actually helped me because I was productive beforehand, setting all stuff up. So I, I agree. I'm I'm actually glad that you brought up this concept of e-commerce and, and services like that because it reminded me of a comment one of our dojo members, the dojo is our online productivity community, one of our dojo members made once and I, I didn't think of it till just now and uh, she said basically she has CFS so she's homebound and she finds that Amazon is a lifesaver and, and she actually says because she gets household supplies, groceries delivered to the door, like you said. And she said in her situation, she would have had to move into semi-assisted housing without the e-commerce revolution. And I had never really thought of that. You know, a lot of times we think about this stuff for being more productive yes. or, or, you know, being like super productive. But this, yeah. this, these services actually help a lot of people. I, I hadn't really thought about that before. It's, it's amazing. Amazon, Wish.com, even HSN, QS, QVC. There were certain things that I needed that I could actually go online. I needed a hot water bottle. I thought I had one in the house. I didn't have one. Didn't have the energy to look for one. So I was going to go on, on Amazon and get one. A cold compress. You know, there's things you can actually get that you need if you're going through an illness that you can get from those, those places. And it's delivered right to your home. You can get to the door. And then you can pick it up and get it. You know, so that's it's, it's very important um, for me. And then my, cause like I said, again, I was trapped in my body in many ways. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak for those first couple of months. I couldn't say anything. So it was like, I had to like, I couldn't form my mouth. So I couldn't do anything. So I had to communicate online. Okay. So that's tip number one, using the productivity tools that you already have in place. And that sounds like a, a great tip to, to kind of set yourself up for success and then know what you have and rely on those rituals and routines. So tip number one, I'll go to you, James. What's your second tip for things that, that will help people out during illness and recovery? A place for everything. That's very, it's very organized, a very professional organizer of me. And it came in handy. So uh, to, to kind of also piggyback off of Jennifer, my brain was a little cloudy too on that side because my, my, my cranial nerve was collapsed. And that's why I got inflamed. So it affected the way I thought sometimes. I couldn't think, like, there'd be words, and I couldn't think of them clearly. So I needed to do things that were very simple. But here, here's an example. All my medications, all of my pills, I had a, a tray, for, a bin for them, and it was by my bed. So I had to go that far, 
I had to go look for them. I had to go to, you know, they were right by my bed because I was taking them continuously. There's there certain ones I was taking every three hours, I was taking every day. They were by my bed. All water I needed was by my bed. The keys are hung up in a certain spot by the door. So the keys were always there. I'd have to look, I'd try to search for the keys. You know, like all my clothes are in a certain spot. So I know if I need if I need underwear, they're right there. My towels are right in a certain spot. Like everything is at my fingertips in my bathroom. Uh, I have a couple of bins there, two little trays there, too. So my toothpaste, my toothbrush, you know, I, everything is right there where I can see it. I have to think about it, and I know it's there because I create that routine anyway. But it's there; I can actually see it. Any towels I need, it right there. Any blankets I needed, they're all. Everything was in a place where it was nice and neat and orderly, but where I could reach it and get to it. That, I, mean, I feel like, I feel like this, I think it's something that it helps eliminate the search factor that adds stress. That, that adds time, that adds energy. And there's just days when you don't have the energy. If I, if I just have, I mean, I may wake up that morning, I take those pills the first thing in the morning. If I have all the energy I have to roll over to grab them, that's a win. So I, I know they're right there. If they were across the room or somewhere here, somewhere in the kitchen, that'd just be a disaster. It's like they are right here. My tea kettle is right at the same spot on my on my, on my stove. So I know I just turn on the tea kettle today, right? I had a lot of tea when I was sick. Because I think a place for everything. So you, have to, you don't have to think about using a lot of brain power to think about stuff. And it's good in real life, just regular stuff anyway. But when you're going through an illness, depending on what it is, you should figure out where to have stuff at that's easily accessible to you. Thanks to Roan for supporting the Productivity Show. Roan is a performance lifestyle brand with premium activewear clothes that are engineered and designed for men. Whatever your active lifestyle and routine is, there are styles that will fit into your day. The clothes are engineered to be perfect for the gym, the office, long flights, and commutes. For long flights in particular, you want to wear something that looks good but is also super comfortable. I'm on an airplane almost every month, and a lot of my flights are 14-hour flights to Asia, so my airplane wear is key. Roan has premium shirts, pants, shorts, tank tops, socks, swimwear, underwear, and even jackets and pullovers. I got the Method Collection t-shirt, and as soon as I got it, I wore mine to the gym. As soon as I walked in, my trainer asked me about my shirt, and I told him about Roan. The shirt feels really soft, the size fits me perfectly, and you can feel that the material is high quality. I like how it's very breathable, so after sweating from my workout, I was able to quickly cool down, and after numerous washes, my shirt still looks like new. It's my new favorite workout shirt, and one I always take with me when I travel or wear around the home. For listeners of The Productivity Show, get 20% off your first purchase by visiting roan.com slash TPS and entering promo code TPS during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase by going to r-h-o-n-e dot com slash TPS and entering promo code TPS at checkout. Employees are amazing. They help you be much more productive and help you scale way faster than you ever could if you were by yourself. The thing is, though, employees mean payroll and benefits, which means managing payroll benefits and HR. It can get a little tough with so many steps and things to do. Well, now you can tame the chaos of payroll, benefits, and HR with Gusto. Gusto offers easy-to-run payroll and expert HR support. It'll help you with health benefits, 401ks, W-2s, 1099s, and Gusto will even automatically file and pay all state local, and federal payroll taxes. 
We always talk about doing deep work and making sure that you have time to work on your important goals. With Gusto, running your payroll takes 11 minutes on average. If you deal with payroll, how long does it take for you right now? Probably longer than 11 minutes, I'm going to guess. You can sign, store, and organize your employee documents all online, and you can choose from hundreds of benefit plans to fit nearly any budget. For the Productivity Show listeners, get three months free when you run your first payroll at gusto.com forward slash TPS. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com forward slash TPS. So Jennifer, given that you're a professional organizer, I know you're not going to disagree with that point, but have you, <laughs> uh, have you or your clients found that pretty helpful? Oh, for sure. I have thought many times that if I wasn't organized when this started, it would be so much harder to deal with. James is right. Like to be able to reach for your, you know, not have to search for your clothes very hard, especially since wearing comfortable clothes is important. Yes. And Part of me as an organizer says, well, how else would you do it? (laughs) I recognize that that is not as easily, it's not as intuitive to everyone that all your clothes should be together and your toothbrush should be by your sink. But yeah, as and sort of piggybacking off of that to have a place for everything and to keep things, like put things away right away. Don't delay when you're done with something that it should go back to where it belongs. Because like James was saying, if he had to reach over for his medicine and he hadn't put it back in that place, it's going to be a bigger problem. And keeping the clutter around the stuff that you're using all the time down to a minimum and you keep that clutter down by putting things away when you're done with them or getting rid of them when you're completely done with them. Yes. That's, a, that's actually a very good point you brought up, but the clutter stuff, because, yeah, we have, have to put it back where you found it, obviously. And that's the point of you have it. The keys go back on the on the, on the the hook that they go to. You don't just take them and drop somewhere off, somewhere else. And keeping that clutter around the areas you need to get to, you don't want to make it any harder for yourself. Right. So you don't want anything in front of the bathroom door. You don't want anything in front of the you – know, you, know, you want everything to be where you just reach it and reach it, and that's it. You're good. A lot of these systems are things that – like you, you mentioned, have carried on from good practices that have been done in the past. But it, it got me thinking, are there, this isn't a, a niche, as we say in Canada, this is a niche that I've heard of, but are, do you know, are there organizers who kind of specialize on in helping people who do have some sort of illness go in and, and help them or, or not really, it just kind of works out that way sometimes? I haven't heard about anyone doing this yet. It certainly is that's a worthwhile area to work in. I think a lot of organizers would say that, that yes, of course they can do that to help people. I do think those of us who have suffered with illnesses or who have family members who we've helped through their illnesses learn an awful lot from, from that. Like, of course, with all things, we can figure out, you know, put ourselves in their places and sort of figure this out. But those of us who've experienced it are certainly going to be a lot stronger at seeing all the things you need to keep track of. I think of of my family members who have had cancer and what it means to go through that process with them. These are things that we've learned and can apply to our clients in, in ways that maybe people who've been lucky enough not to suffer in these ways would have a bigger challenge doing. Yeah, we are we are much more empathetic. Somebody like me or Jennifer are much more empathetic to people who are going through stuff, through an illness because we've gone through something like this or chronic pain. We've gone through something like this. I think 
I too have not heard of anybody who specializes in illness, helping with illness during an organization. In my life coaching world, I've heard of stuff like that, life coaching wise, but in organizing, I haven't. But I like myself, my specialty in the beginning was working with older people at change of life. And so some of them that I worked with were, they had some kind of like, well, either had a kidney issue or high blood pressure issue or their foot didn't work as well. I mean, like I worked, I worked around it. It was very case by case experience. And they a lot organized that they do that. If they work with someone who's older or someone who's even younger with some kind of impediment, I'm sure they probably just work around. They figure out a way to work around it. I'm sure. But I, yeah, but that's a good thing. I don't that's a good question. I don't know anybody who actually specializes in right. working with illness. Right. Okay, we'll go through our number three tip. Jennifer, I'll pass this one to you. What's uh what's kind of the third tip for people who are in illness or recovery and want to be more productive? So we talk about in productivity, breaking your tasks into chunks. And I feel like that's even more important now with chronic pain and chronic illness. Back to what we were saying before is if you're having a good day, you can get more of those chunks done. And if you're having a bad day, you only do one chunk, one little thing. I thought about it too with like paying your bills I used to maybe sort of wait and do all my bill paying, you know, get a few bills and set up the deadlines and, you know, sit down and do them all at once. But I, that's just not as realistic for me anymore. So I do it a little bit more of as they come in or at least set up the payment. You know, if there's an electronic payment, I'll set it up when I think of it, because again, with chronic pain, Your brain doesn't always think straight. And so remembering when to do things. And of course, I can use my calendar and schedule it up. But sometimes it's just fast enough that I just pay it when I get it. And so that's a really small chunk. And it's not what I have recommended when I'm giving productivity tips in the past. But for this kind of situation, you want to sort of capitalize on when your energy is and, and issues like memory loss and stuff like that. So I found that 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 advice to chunk your tasks is important and break them into small chunks and big chunks, depending on how you're doing that day or that week or whatever. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Completely. I Well, people ask me, James Lott Jr., how do you do all the things that you do? I take this, what she says, and I do it in my regular life anyway. So I do things, and this is a good tip for anybody out there. Take your day. And just say, okay, for two hours, I'm working just on emails. And you work on emails for two hours. Don't work on anything else. Seriously, like don't, you know, don't, you know, work on that story you want to work on over here. Just work on the emails and what the tasks are in the emails. Like this, that's what you focus on. Then you stop. Then for maybe an hour, I'm in the garden. For an hour, I'm in the garden for an hour. And I'm, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not watching television. I'm in the garden for an hour. Then I take a break for an hour and then like really break up your day and do little things here. Maybe whatever, however you want to do, it doesn't matter. Just like, just like break it up. And I find I'm more productive. That's how I get people. It's like, how do you finish stuff? Well, cause I'm working on that only. So I may work on a screenplay for three hours. That's all I work on or a book for an hour or my music today. We worked on for like four hours. That's all I worked on. I didn't work on anything else. So when I was sick, I literally had to do what she, what Jennifer was talking about. I had to like, okay, well, I feel good right now. I'll give myself an hour and a half to do emails. But I, but again, go back to that forgiving yourself. And if you can't last an hour and a half, don't last an hour and a half. Don't try to kill yourself trying to last an hour and a half. 
but I gave myself an hour and a half to do it, but it may be a half an hour. It may be 20 minutes. That's still good, but that's all I work on. And I'm not stressing out my brain either. There's two, there's two things going on there. So you, so during an illness, you really have to kind of break it up and go, okay, well, right now I want you to try and do some laundry. Then you got, you know, most lawn washers are, you know, 20 minutes wash, 30 minutes or whatever. You just, that's what you work on. I got, I did one load of laundry. Don't worry about trying to do two or three loads. Do one load. That's all you do that day. That's good. At least one load's done. And then, it, then it's done at least. That's one less load to worry about later. So it's kind of, so breaking up chunks, which I love how she said, I completely agree with that. I did it in my regular life as it is, but I had to apply it to my, my illness life, so to speak. Yeah, it's just fascinating to me how a lot of what we've been talking about are are things that, you know, we at AE and I know you guys both in your businesses talk to clients about, you know, breaking tasks down, time blocking, as we call it, having systems, having or organized setups. All that stuff is all stuff we talk about a lot and people will be like, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's a, that's helpful and they do get a lot of benefit from it for sure. It's super, super helpful. But it sounds to me like when you're in a illness or recovery situation, it's not like, oh, that's helpful. That's good. It's like, no, this is really, really, really important. <laughs> it really magnifies it. Yeah, the these situations magnify how important those steps and tools and the way we did stuff, it, it really makes a huge difference. And that is when we're giving advice, I think James probably agrees, like, now we really know, like when we're speaking about this, it's no lie. We know um, we're not just repeating what other organizers and productivity professionals say, because, and I used to say it in my talks, in my speaking and teaching the people too, I said it and I believed it, but now that I'm living it, oh my gosh, <laughs> for sure it's real. Yes, I completely agree with that. I think now I actually have concrete proof that all the stuff that we talk about and we all and some of us went to school for went to classes for and got certified in it's true it's like it's, it really does work I, I my my conviction is stronger now i always had conviction but my conviction is stronger next i'm like i can tell you exactly in specific examples why i say this and why it works like no joke people this is no joke i'm telling you going through something horrible unfortunately accentuated how important and how true these systems are. All right. So let's do our fourth tip and I'll pass this on to you, James. What's your, what's your fourth tip that will be really helpful for people in illness and recovery situations? Well, you know, it's so funny. Jennifer and I just kind of think similarly. So our, our tips are matching together. And again, it's this, you know, and I, and I, I want to say this, I know this is your show. I'm not trying to take it over Andy, but I just want to say something really quick. And I don't know if, I don't know if, I think I told Jennifer this, I'm not sure, but, Jennifer came to LA and saw me. We had lunch together and we talked about her situation because I was going through it and she was talking, she was giving me advice. Her advice changed my life. And, and it actually helped me continue my road to recovery. If I hadn't talked to her, I don't know where I would have been at the time. You know, I'm a strong person. I would have tried to work it out, but I'm giving her credit for just her sharing her experience with me. And it meant a lot. I mean, I can almost start crying. It meant a lot to me. And so it got me through. So I just want to say that. We're talking about this. So she knows what she speaks of, and it helped me out. I say that. Now, you know, I love you, girl. Um, I love you, too. Okay. Um, but pacing yourself. Pacing. This goes with all this we're trying to tell you. Again, it's, it's all about self-care first. 
self-care first. I, I, I can say it 20 times. Self-care is not selfish in a bad way. Self-care is selfish in a great way. If you don't take care of yourself, I know some people have kids, might be listening to this, or aging parents are taken care of, or, or a spouse or a partner, and you get an illness or a business with employees, you get a business, it's like, I still got to do that, I got to do that, I got to do that. You know, well, no, you got to take care of yourself. You can't take care of anybody else. You don't take care of yourself. So pace yourself, pace yourself, pace yourself. If it's moment to moment, if it's day to day, if it's week to week, if it's second to second, doesn't matter. You have to listen to yourself and be really present. What can you do right now? What are you capable of doing today? Uh, and answer honestly, not what everybody thinks they want to hear. Asking yourself, today, I'm not feeling that great. I probably can answer some emails and that's it. Well, you know what? That's okay. And you take your time. It takes you five hours to answer four emails. Take that five hours and don't, and go back to the answer in the beginning, you forgive yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. That's still productivity. You got those five emails done against the odds. Because I can't imagine, like for me, I said, I guess I was trapped in my body and I couldn't talk and stuff. But, you know, having a headache, I mean, I, I mean, like headaches, headaches are debilitating. I always say headaches and stomach aches and like that. Those are all debilitating, like really debilitating. So, I mean, if you get five emails done during a headache, then I'm like, more power to you. But you have to forgive yourself and just pace yourself. If it takes you all day to do that load of laundry, take all day, take those breaks. Go sit down, go outside, meditate if you have to, you know, whatever. For example, I used to have a lot of washcloths because I was using them to help my face and just they're, they're dry out and stuff. So they start to smell. So you have to like wash them. And there were times I had to do wash, like literally a little more than I normally would have if I, because I wouldn't use as many of them. I was going through them a lot. And then there were some weeks I just couldn't get through it. I had to take my time and wash those washcloths. And I may have took, and I, I remember putting some load in the morning, then not feeling good the rest of the morning. And I had to wait till the evening to put them in the dryer. It's okay. So they got in the dryer, they're fine, and I was good to go for another week. But I, I didn't I didn't worry about I gotta get them dryer right away. I gotta get them dryer right away. No, it's like I did that I did it in the morning and then I took my break, relaxed the rest of the day, got better, and I was able to do it again in the evening. You don't want to re hurt yourself or exacerbate any kind of problems you have. Uh, this is the, I used to be a nurse, so the nurse in me is talking now. You wanna make sure that you get that rest is your friend. Because rest actually helps your organs rest and heal and do things they need to do. So you need to like stop. If you need to sleep, you need to sleep. Because a lot of things are still working when you're awake. I mean, they're still working when you're asleep too, but they work at a different pace. Go back to pacing yourself. Your body's to pace itself. So I'm just saying, please, folks, pace yourself. You have the system in place. You're working moment to moment. Just take your time. And you will eventually get to point B from point A. You'll get there. It just may not be, again, the same time span you would have before the illness. Well, and I think I would add on to that prioritizing, learning how to prioritize even better than you're doing now. To really stop and think, okay, what is realistic for me to get done and what do I absolutely need to get done? There are times where I'm looking at my emails and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. But here's one I really need to answer. So I'm going to answer this one. Like there's some urgency about it. And it might mean that I can't answer the other ones when I want to in terms of pacing myself, like James is saying. But like really trying to figure out what is 
urgent, what really needs to be done, what can wait a little bit longer, what could be, oh, I just need to let someone know I can't do it right now, but I will remember to do it. Like all those ways of figuring out and share and, you know, being open with other people in terms of expectations, like here's what I can do and, and figure that out. When you don't have any food in the refrigerator, that's kind of a high priority. So that's when you figure out okay, I, I can get Instacart to deliver groceries or, or whatever. But I think part of pacing yourself is prioritizing also. And also, for some of us who have maybe an illness where you start to get better or you have an injury and you start to get better, you kind of want to rush back to what you're doing. You got to be careful about that too. You have to go, okay, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm finally feeling good for the last three days. I feel good. Now I'm answer, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't do that. I work very differently now than I did even before my own, I work very differently. And so I still pace myself. There were things when I first started getting better, because people want you to start feeling better, that I still said no to. I was like, because I want to do it, because again, I work in Hollywood, so there's like that interview. Oh my God, that person wants to be, I'm like, oh my God, I want to get a red carpet, I want to do this, I do, I do all this stuff, and it's like, well, no, James. Do that one interview this, this one day, you can't do the two red carpets that evening. That's the old you, you can't do that. So for people out there who do multiple things like I do, I had to really pick and choose the yes and no's and pace myself that way and go, okay, James, no, this week you can't, you can't, so I can't drive out to the Valley to do that interview. I just can't. I may want to, and I feel halfway decent, but that probably would set me back and anything could happen out of that. And I was like, no, James, do that one little interview that's in your neighborhood and it's, and it's less go to do that. And so I had to pace myself as you get better too. I'm experiencing the same thing. Like I was saying, if I'm having a good day, I want, you know, like Brooks, when you approached us about doing this, I was like, great. I do want to do that. I was feeling good, blah, blah, blah. And then I've had a bad time lately and not, I mean, obviously I'm here and happy to be doing this. But when I said yes, I was in a different point than today. I've also learned, you know, there are days like you're talking about when you feel really good and you want to take on a lot of commitments and I want to help as many people as I can by continuing to organize with them because it's good for me too. Like when I'm working with a client, I'm not thinking as much about my pain. Yes, yes. So it's so tempting to like book a bunch of clients. You know, the money is important too, like all those things. But I wear myself out really quick. Like I work with the client for several hours and then I get home and that's it. I'm done. I can't really do too much more that day. And so if I do too much of that, then I really feel bad. And then I have to start rescheduling with my clients. Yes. And that makes me, that emotionally is bad. And that's not the kind of business I want to run where I have to keep rescheduling with clients. So I have to find a way to say no. So I only see a certain number of clients a week and some weeks even less. So I'm not like having to call them and say, I can't make it. My headache's too bad today. And it's funny, Brooke, same thing. I, was, I thought how ironic my, my bills probably started acting up yesterday. Like, I was like, why is it acting up all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? It could be a number of factors, but like, start acting up a little bit. I'm like, no, I'm still, I'm going to do this. And I, I, I paced myself today and everything. I'm like, I'm doing fine. But it's kind of, I said, yes, it's very ironic that, that, that like, this interview, we're talking about it. Well, I appreciate you both, both of you being here. You're both super amazing. So I very much appreciate it, but I would have understood just for the record. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful because people do understand or they say they understand, but it's not the way I want to operate. Same here. You know? yeah. Same here. Yeah. yeah same here. <laughs> we, uh, mm-hmm. Jennifer and I come from the same cloth. We like, we like to work. And the thing is, right. I, as you just said, I love 
working with my clients or teaching a class or doing an interview because I'm not focused on the crap that's going on with the, you know, illness wise. It keeps my mind off of it. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do anything to not talk about it and not deal with it uh, some days. So doing an actual organizing session for three hours makes me happy. I'm doing what I love to do. I'm with the client. I'm not focused on what's going on. But yeah, I got to be careful with that and still kind of go, okay, well, what's that? Having to choose which red carpet to do is not a, a problem I have in my life. I, I, don't, I don't know about you, Jennifer. I don't, it doesn't come up too often, but you know. As soon as I said that, I'm like, oh my God, I sound so Hollywood right now. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so far from Hollywood, trust me. But I mean, I, I work, I mean, that, that's my life and I work, I, I work in that world. So it's kind of funny. Understood. All right. We'll recap our four ways to be productive, whatever that means uh, to you in your situation during illness and re- recovery. Number one tip, use the productivity tools that you already have in place. Number two tip, have a place for everything and everything in its place becomes super important. Number three, break your tasks into chunk and do what you can. And number four, pace yourself, focus on that self-care. All right, so these tips have been super awesome. And one thing I do want to reiterate, and we talked about this a little bit, is these are tips that do help during illness and recovery, but these tips also apply to anybody. I know Jennifer and James, you both, I mean, uh, like we talked about, you're not illness consultants, right? You, you guys both have thriving businesses. You help a lot of people implementing these sort of tips. So I don't want people walking out of here thinking that this stuff is only for, for that. These are things that you also implement in your, in your regular business that help uh, people with their productivity as well. Yes, I, I well, well, the thing I want to say as, as we're ending, and I think I know Jennifer will agree with me on this, is hire a professional organizer. <laughs> the thing is, I think people think we're, it's an elective thing, that is something that's like, what is that a luxury item to hire a professional organizer? No, we need to change people's thinking and mindset about that. Professional organizers are one of the few professions, if you can think of another one, let me know, few professions where from small child, like age two years old to 102 year old person can use us in some form. You can teach kids chores. You can teach kids how to put away dishes all the way up to an older person showing them how to downsize. Like there's very few industries that cross gender, all the genders, cross age, cross sexual orientation, cross political affiliation. I mean, it's, it's something, your race, it doesn't, organization of productivity hits everything. It crosses home, it crosses work. It, it's in my industry on the red carpet. Uh, it's, but it's also all the way down to uh, running a household, running a small business. Professional organizers, there's so many wonderful professional organizers out there, not just us two, there's plenty more out there who can uniquely help you get organized and productive. And it's not an elective thing. I want to say it over and over again. It's not elective. It's as important as a plumber. It's as important as an electrician. It's important as a housekeeper. People want to get housekeepers. I mean, it's it's important as an assistant at an office. I mean, there's we have we do important work. We affect change in the world. And I feel that people need to know more of that and not be afraid to reach out and try to find a fresh organizer to help them. The first thought I was like, well, I can I should, I should clean my own house. It's not about cleaning. It's not about you being dumb. I mean, all these things they come up with, it's like, that's not it at all. Sometimes things don't kind of, Jennifer Thomas lawyer, some things don't come naturally to some people. Not everyone is wired 
to think organ is organized, but it's a teachable thing. So everyone can be taught this. It just means you gotta find someone who can actually teach it to you and show it to you. And professional organizers do that. They come in and, and they help you along. So I thought, so we're gonna end this show on anything. I think we should end with that. People should, you know, professional organizers are great. You know, don't be afraid to talk to one and shop around. You don't like one, try another one, but shop around. And organizers usually have a tool, have tools in their belt, things they invite you to look at things differently to help you get unique, get organized in your unique way. I think it's just, I think it's just very important we should know that we're here. We're here to help you. I guess you totally disagree with that, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I like the... I like the analogy that we sometimes use with folks that we're personal trainers for your stuff. Lots of people can exercise on their own, but they don't. And lots of people could get organized on their own, but they don't. And so hiring an organizer to help, it it is those combination of things James was talking about with it. We teach people, you know, in some cases, there are folks that aren't really interested in changing their mindset. They just want someone to do it for them. But that's okay. That's an option too. But organizers can help folks in all kinds of ways. But if you're, um, I'm not good about exercising. I'm much better if I have an appointment with someone, if I'm taking a class where I know um, someone's expecting me to show up. It's the same thing with some folks with organizing. Like, it's okay if it's not something you're a self-starter at because we aren't all at all of those, you know, in every aspect of our lives. So I definitely agree with James as, as with everything. <laughs> um, it's, very, it's just very important for people to know that that it's, it's okay to get help. We say that in other ways. I always say, you know, okay, get a therapist. It's okay to do it. It's okay to get help. You want, you, want, you want to get a nanny? It's okay to get a nanny. You want to get an organizer? It's okay to get an organizer. Like it's okay to get help. To have someone just assist you, and I said in some cases it's just assisting you in getting stuff in order, getting stuff in place. There are some like some of my clients, literally it is me coming in, get them organized, done. And some want me to actually work with them and teach them how to get this stuff organized and keep it that way. And you said either way is fine. You're still reaching out and getting help, and you're still having organization happen. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and again, going back to the chronic illness and and issues is the asking for help on things is really important, like being able to know that we cannot do everything and that it's okay to ask people for help and people want to help. It's hard for us. I know it's hard for us to be vulnerable in that way and, and ask when we need things, but across the board, it's something that's important to do in, in all your life, but it becomes more necessary when you have a, an illness or a chronic condition that, that's slowing you down. The nice thing about those services we talked about before, like DoorDash and Instacart and all those other things is those are, we're asking people for help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are all, but we're paying them, mm-hmm. but that is how we're asking people for help. So you also have to be comfortable Uh, You know, and so hiring an organizer is asking for help. Of course, these are business transactions, but you also need to feel comfortable asking your family and friends for help. And I, I feel like most people want to help the people they care about. So getting over yourself a little bit and being willing to ask for help, getting over yourself a little bit and hiring an organizer, if that's the kind of help you need, it's it's a good thing for all of us to be doing. I agree. Yeah, you kind of have to get you have to get over yourself. You just you just do. And I said yeah. the words I always use. Get over yourself. Be fine. But I but we also know in the organizing and I want to tie the two things together. I know in the organizing world, 
And for people who come to us, we're coming into your space. It's very personal. Organizers respect your space. Trust me, we respect your space. We're not there to do anything crazy or judge you. We're there to assist you and work with you. And I always say to my clients, I work with you, not for you. And I think that's very important. But we, I also understand, so your listeners go, well, it's hard. I understand that it's someone coming into your personal space. And that can be hard. You have to get over yourself and allow mm-hmm. someone to come in to be non-judgmental and come in and say, I w- I'm going to help you. I'm genuinely going to help you. And we're going to work this out. All right. So we have our episode title, Get Over Yourself, TPS 2005. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're a Canadian. You're too nice. You can't say yeah, that. I, know. Yeah. I, can't, I can't have that in the title. Can't do it. Can't do it. All right. So thank you both so much. This has been really, really helpful. If, if somebody wants to find out more about what you do, wants to, wants to talk to you, ask you questions, what's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, Jennifer, I'll start with you. Well, my website is jenniferlava.com. Really complicated. (laughs) And I'm on Facebook. My business page is Jennifer Lava Organizing and Productivity Consultant, I believe. I'm sorry. I wish I wasn't stumbling over that as much. But those are probably the the two best ways to find me. I'm currently working on a big comprehensive website for everything I do. Chances are I'll be jameslawjr.com working on that. But in the meantime, jameslawjr on all social media platforms. Start there, and that will lead you to everything that I do. The superorganizeduniverse.com is my blog. And jameslawjr on all other platforms like YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all my – I have seven podcasts. They're all there. And the SOS Show with James Law Jr., four years running, is on all the different platforms, too. And you can just go and look, and look that up. But James Law Jr. is a great place to start. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate the time. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get everything done in the time that you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time that you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get things done. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 256. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.